Good morning, Blue Collar Nation. This is Luke C. Marcotte, and this is the Blue Collar Power Hour. So thanks for tuning in again. Uh, make sure that you uh, keep liking, subscribing, sharing, and tell your friends about it. Share it with your kids, grandparents, whoever, any friends, cousins, anybody that might be looking to get into the trades or maybe learn how to move up in the trades or anything of that sort. Uh, for those of you that are new to the show, we are a blue-collar oriented podcast slash YouTube series. Um, my name is Luke C. Marcotte. I'm an electrical contractor from Michigan. Um, I've been in the trade since I was 16 years old, uh, 15 years old if you count fixing and flipping trucks, and I guess 8 years old if you count cutting down trees and splitting wood and selling it on the side of the road. So I'm an entrepreneur at heart, but I also moved up the ranks through various electrical companies starting at an apprentice and ending at a project ma manager estimator and then right before opening my own company. And so today we're going to actually talk about the different levels to companies in the trades because uh, if you followed the other videos I made in this series you probably hear me talk about project managers, estimators, uh, vice presidents, things, things of that sort. And uh, it kind of occurred to me that maybe people don't know what those positions are essentially because when I started I didn't I never knew and even people at smaller companies probably don't even know what that is um, I was lucky enough to work for a great larger contractor for one of my for my first uh, electrical contractor and so I got to learn a lot about these different positions and so we'll just go over that a little bit today and uh, like I said I'm in electrical but it transitions into basically every other trade and maybe if you're trade doesn't have it necessarily maybe it's a position that you can add in your company that will add value to you and your customers and create more streamlined processes so i guess we'll just dive right into it so first of all when you first start out you're getting started you're getting uh, going you're learning you basically know nothing at this point you're uh, a greenhorn or a first day apprentice or a first year apprentice and uh, those are the terms that will basically be used for you in this position. So these are people that have absolutely zero knowledge. Um, you may have done some stuff around your house. You may have done some stuff with your uh, dad, your mom around the house, gardening, cleaning up stuff, maybe building a shed, anything like that. And so at this point, just assume that you know absolutely nothing. That's the best way to go about it because if you show up to the job thinking that you know something or that you deserve a little respect for that, then you're wrong, okay? Everybody's done that, but you'll learn so much in the first few months that you'll realize that you knew absolutely nothing. Now, I'd say for anybody in any trade, the number one thing that you could learn to best prepare yourself for is the most simple thing in the world, and it's just to read a tape measure, all right? Uh, basically, every trade, you'll have to use it. Um, landscaping, probably not, but you know, electrical, plumbing, heating, uh, construction, especially with trim carpentry, you'll have to go down to like 30 seconds. And I've even heard of guys going to 64ths on a tape measure for trim. And so, free to tape measure. It's not that hard. Um, I'm sure you can Google it. I'm sure there's a YouTube video for it. And that's just a good starting point, you know, because... Uh, it's just a simple basic. Um, it's something so simple that someone on the job doesn't have to teach you. Uh, I guess I was probably 14 years old helping out a guy doing remodeling a house. He owned a remodeling company and so he taught me on the job but it was a real pain in the ass because then then I'm sitting there and I had to ask him every time I stretched out the tape measure, wait what's this one again? And so it just made it that much harder. So if you can just prepare that little tiny bit at least 
then uh, the, yeah, that best pre prepare you for a lot of different trades on your first day. And so on your first day, your first year, Greenhorn, whatever it is, um, you're going to be doing the grunt work more than likely. Um, just just stick it out. It's not bad. And we'll, one thing to keep in mind, you know, grunt work, it's like uh, digging ditches or uh, for electrical, you know, it's like pulling home runs, which is long runs all the way back to the panel. It's just up and down ladders a lot. Um, it could be running, getting parts and things like that. And you know, my first year, it was a lot of standing around because there'd be like my journeyman up on a scissor lift and I would run out to the van and get parts and tools for him and then uh, send him up in a bucket towards them, to him. And so it's not, not very knowledgeable experience, which you would expect. It's not very, there's a lot of it that's super hard work and there's a lot of it that's not super hard work because you're just kind of a parts runner for them. And so the only way you can really learn is just by watching them and asking a lot of questions. And so I, I urge you that through this process, uh, try to enjoy it as much as possible as opposed to just uh, hating it or quitting in it. Because trust me, one day when you get to the point to where you're running a project, where you're actually estimating something or where you have to like not only plan how you're going to do it, but how your three, four, five, ten guys next to you are going to be doing it as well and laying out a whole process with it. Once you get into that complicated like psychological game, then you're gonna wish that you were back doing grunt work. And the days that you get to go just dig a ditch, man, it's so peaceful. Or changing out light bulbs or something like that. Just something that doesn't take any real knowledge, just hard work. Those days are some of my favorite because it's just some days that you just get to like blow off steam. You don't have to think a whole lot and it's just, it's honestly relaxing. So enjoy it because as you go up through these stages that we talk about, uh, it's going to get a lot more psychological and you're going to miss those days. So just, just enjoy it and work hard in it. Don't quit in it. If you can't make it through that, then chances are, if you can't make it through that hard stage of doing grunt work, chances are there's not many things in this life you'll be able to make it through. And so just keep your head down, work hard, just ask as many, ask as many questions as possible. Um, don't expect to learn a shitload of stuff right off the bat um, because they, they it's easy to overwhelm somebody with knowledge. Um, obviously, you want to teach people. And then also, as you're in the position where you're teaching new people, it's uh, it's hard to remember how you started and how you felt when you started. And so you, get, you can get overwhelmed easy just with so many different knowledge and tips and tricks coming at you. So just... Just keep your head down, work hard, ask questions. If you forget, ask questions again, and uh, just keep going. And so you start there, first year, first day apprentice, greenhorn, whatever you want to call it. And then as you get through that, which that, that stage, it could last. I know people that are electricians that have been doing it for nine years that are about as good as a first year electrician, and that's not like bashing on them. You know, some people... They just don't have a drive, I guess. They don't have any kind of ambition to move up. And so they just don't ask questions. They just do what they're told and they don't want any sort of responsibility. And you know, those are the people that never make over $12, $14, $16 an hour. I don't even know if you can make $16 an hour at that. Uh, here in Michigan, usually wherever you are, uh, pay differences are based off of how much uh, your cost of living is. So it'd be different everywhere, but yeah. You'd never make much money doing that and you know some people do that their entire lives and 
to each their own. It's uh, if, it, if that's the life they want to live, then great, they're killing it. But so that stage uh, for me, for me, it takes a long time for me to learn something. But as soon as I get it down, it's like an instant traction, and I have traction from here on out. And uh, and then then it's just rapid momentum keeps building. So honestly, I was a terrible terrible apprentice. I was a terrible electrician. I didn't understand anything that people were saying. Like I'm not was I was never born with some gift to just be an electrician or a tradesman or anything like that. And so it was really hard for me to learn at first. And I want to say it took me like I'd love to say, "Oh, it only took me 3 months, 6 months, 9 months." It would make me sound badass. It probably took me a year and then I started getting a little bit of traction but I would say I was a pretty shitty electrician until about a year and a half maybe all the way to two years just because I don't know if it's like dyslexia or something but my brain just getting started in anything same thing when I was starting business my business and when I was learning how to market and when I was learning sales it takes me like a couple years almost to just learn and actually understand it. Otherwise, it's just like me throwing stuff at the wall waiting for it to stick. But then after I get it to stick, after a couple of years and I figure it out, then like I said, then it's just rapid momentum going up like a hockey stick. And so it probably took me a good year and a half to get out of that first year stage. And then after that, you know, comes a whole nother set of trials and tribulations that you gotta go through, which is awesome. It's all part of it. Don't, don't wish, like don't look at me now and wish, oh, I was him. I wish I was him right now. Wish I'm gonna be him in seven years, cause, or I'm gonna be him in ten years or five years or whatever, you know, because it takes time to do it. And you gotta appreciate the whole process up because uh, life's a journey; it's not a destination, and so is a career. So you just gotta enjoy it. Um, but yeah, so it took me a while to get out of that first stage, uh, first year apprentice mindset, I guess. I knew I instantly wanted to be running jobs as soon as possible and I wanted to be a project manager. So ever since I got hired on at that first big company, um, that's what I was telling them from day one. I'm like, I wanna be, a, a, I wanna be running jobs literally the day before I'm able to. I want to be a project manager the day before I'm able to and things such as that. And so I'd say right around two years when I started running crews on jobs, and so, because with this big company, you know, the projects I were I was on, it'd have anywhere from 10 to 60 employees just in our company on that one job site. And there'd be a few hundred employees, like probably six, 700 employees for different companies and different trades running around these factories or apartment complexes. And so then eventually, after, like I said, I started getting traction, I started making it, I, I always had a hard work ethic to me. And if you've seen the last video, I talked about how I would always show up 30 minutes early in great attitude, dressed nice, uh, shirt was always tucked in, nice clean tools and everything like that, and a great attitude. And so people already liked me, but they would get mad at me for messing things up, you know, which you would expect, but it's all part of the learning process. So starting off, when I started like really getting it, and everybody knew, cause you know, I started doing things efficiently. I had to stop asking so many questions and I was just like doing things and figuring it out. And then I'd be sitting there with my foreman and we'd be looking at a project and they'd be looking at it. It's like, all right, we're gonna do it this way. And I'd be like, wait a minute. And like, wouldn't it be easier if we ran it this way and did it in a different way, you know? And you'd be like, yeah, it probably would be. Let's do it that way. And so then my mind started operating 
more efficiently, not, not necessarily than other people's, but it started operating more efficiently for me. And then that's when I kind of found out my like God given gift, you will, is, uh, is being able to recognize patterns. So I, I have a very good memory of basically photographic memory. So I can remember how we did things or how I've seen things done. I'd be in a restaurant, see how they ran a conduit. And so the next time I would be on a job and I'd see something in that same similar situation, I would know exactly how we did it before or how I seen it done before. And a lot of people, you know, it's like they kind of figure it out every single time. So, uh, it's, it's kind of where I found my gift. And so after doing that and, you know, being on jobs and I'm like, Oh, what if we do it this way? And it was more efficient than what other people had thought. They're like, Hey, let's give this kid a shot. And so then they started giving me crews to run. And so this is kind of like the second stage. Well, I guess the second stage would be, you're just a more advanced apprentice now. And so you're kind of like up next to the foreman where he's asking you questions like he was for me because he's not going to ask a first year apprentice that doesn't know anything. And so he's asking me questions like, all right, how should we do this? How do you want to do this? Who do you want to work with you on this? And so you kind of have a little bit of uh, more responsibility and your duty is basically then to work with a first year apprentice and start teaching them the basics as well. And so and this, and this, I'm trying to apply this to as many trades as possible. I'm not, that's why I'm not saying just electrical because honestly, a lot of this trade stuff is very cut and dry and similar across all the trades. It's all basically uh, labor, um, but obviously there's different codes for different states and for the whole country, obviously, and different cities in some areas. And so things are always done different, but I'm trying to cut this down to the basics at least so that way it's easy to understand for anybody and no matter what trade you're going in. And so, you know, for like excavating, your foreman might be like, hey, how do we want to dig this ditch or dig this uh, retaining wall or something like that and set it up? And how do we want to design it? So there's different ways to apply all of it. Just try and take the basics out of it and apply it to whatever trade you're in and the position you're in. And so you got the greenhorn first year apprentice, and then you go to the more advanced apprentice where you're doing that. And there could be, there's probably going to be more advanced apprentices on the job then there is going to be any kind of greenhorns because you can't have too many new guys otherwise you're going to spend the whole time teaching people and so then after you have that more advanced process you're kind of becoming more efficient you can actually run wires without someone holding your hand the entire time and this you know this could be after i've seen people as early as like three months be in this position where they learned that fast they got it and they were going and i've seen people like myself that took me a year and a half to get to this position and then i've seen people that are been in the trades for 20 years and they're still in this position and so uh just kind of figure out where you want to be on this whole scale and aim for it and go for it because you need people on every step it's not not everybody's going to be at the top not everybody can be at the bottom not everybody can run a job, but not everybody can be a new apprentice every day. And so find out where you want to be and be the best person in that position you can be. And so you go from there, the more advanced apprentice, you're basically just a competent electrician or tradesman at that point, even if you're not licensed, um, but you're still knowledgeable about most things and you can do it. And you probably should be licensed at this point, but I, I don't control those rules. And then you go into the foreman position, like I had said. And uh, so that's kind of what I was doing. You know, I'd have a crew of anywhere from three to maybe five or six guys working underneath me. 
And uh, these are big projects. It'd be like a town city hall or a fire hall or a police department or anything like that. And there'd be like a uh, site supervisor that's in a job trailer and he's out laying out uh, wiring circuits and all that. And he basically communicates directly to me and then I communicate to my guys and I tell them what to get lined up on. And if they have a question about how to bend conduit and do like a saddle or if they have a question on how to do a certain thing, then they come and ask me and I'll go over there and drop what I, and this is where it starts getting more pain in the ass because so now not only am I working like I was before trying to run conduit or whatever my job is, now I have people running up to me every, could be every 30 seconds to every 30 minutes to every hour. And they're like, hey, what do you want me to do next? And so then what I have to do, had to do at this point is I had to drop my tools, drop exactly what I'm doing, remember where I was, go line them up on something because you got to keep the ball rolling. You can't just be like, oh, wait here until I'm done with this. And then, so you're doing that and this is where it gets a lot more psychological because now you have to make uh, your own competent decisions on how to do things as opposed to just running back to that job trailer or calling somebody every every time someone has a question. You've got to be able to figure this stuff out. And so you're lining people up, you're teaching them how to do things when they have a question, you're reminding them of codes, but you gotta you gotta teach them too. So you gotta like break out a code book and you gotta ask them, all right, where do you think it is? Have you studied this thing at all? Which most people haven't. And luckily at that point, you know, I was going home after work every day and I'd watch YouTube videos about being an electrician, about how to run jobs more efficiently. I'd read books on it. I'd read the code book. I was like the nerd and people would be going out to bars after work and they'd be like, hey man, what the hell are you doing after work? And I'd be like, oh, just gonna go watch YouTube videos about electrical and read the code book. And they're like, dude, you're a fucking loser. But like I said, it's hard for me to learn. So I got to work three times as hard to learn just in the time that normal person would. And uh, luckily I kept on doing that. And after I started getting traction, it's what really propelled me up towards the skies, heavens, whatever the hell you want to call it. But uh, there ain't no equity like sweat equity. And so you just got to put in the work. Uh, and if you got little setbacks or disabilities, nobody's going to help you with it. You just got to, you got to do what you can to work with it. And then you have gifts like I do, like, like I said, recognizing patterns and, uh, also, my other gift is that a foreman told me, he said, give the hardest job to the laziest man and he'll find the easiest way to do it. Um, I'm certainly a lazy person at heart. I, uh, I strive to not be lazy physically. I work out. Uh, I eat healthy. I, um, hard to say, I do a lot of things just to discipline myself so I can remain dis disciplined. But at heart, I'm a very lazy person. And so that actually turns out to be a gift in a way that I found out because you see a way to run a rack of conduits and uh, instead of running it one way that it was planned out, you look and you're like, all right, well, it's going to be a lot easier and still clean looking and everything if I run it this other way. Do it, save time, save material, and uh, everybody's happy, happy. And so finding the efficient ways to do it. And so you got to know your stuff. You know, you got to study your trade. You've got to, you've got to, take that extra initiative after work and learn something about it. So when you come back to the job that you're doing better than you were the day before, you know, and you can rely on your uh, journeyman, your foreman or whatever it is to teach you. But if you could learn faster just by putting in the extra initiative after work, then why not, you know, help you move up the ladder faster. I knew that I did not want to make $12 an hour for a few years. 
I knew that I didn't want to make 14 or 16 or $18 an hour for a few years. You know, I wanted to be making the big bucks. You know, by the time I was a 30 year apprentice, I was making the top pay of the highest paid foreman of a large company. And it's because I had that much knowledge built up. I had worked that hard for it. And you know, I'd have, I would be 19 or so at this time Yeah, 19. Now I have people come on my job that would be, I don't know, 25, 26, 27, sometimes 40, 50. Yeah, I've even had 50 year old apprentices that were learning from me. And I'm at 19 years old, and you know, I'm, I'm making good ass money and I have the, a nice truck and a house that I'm remodeling and fixing it to flip it and things like that. And people would be pissed, they'd be mad at me. And you'd be like, how the hell are you in this position? It's like, how the hell you do that? But it's because it took the extra initiative. So uh, we'll get into that in another episode. We'll continue on about these different stages. And so from the foreman position, like I said, there's usually like a site superintendent on larger projects on site. And so uh, that guy might be in a job trailer and he might be coming out in the field every now and then checking up on how things are. And uh, so there's site supervisors and And so there's site supervisors and they basically lay out, they have the whole blueprint. They're the ones that are laying out what you need to do, whether it's circuits or fire, uh, fire suppression lines or plumbing or HVAC runs or how their concrete's gonna be set up or where they need to set the trusses for the buildings. And these people are the ones that are laying this all out ahead of time so that they can pass it down to their foreman and so they can get them all lined up and they have the materials there so they order all the materials got it on site so they're just ones prepping it and make sure every, they're they're always one to two steps ahead of everybody else so that the foreman is never delayed because if this guy messes up his job and he doesn't have the the routes line laid out for whatever you're doing and he doesn't have the material there well, then all of a sudden the foreman can't get the information and material that he needs and then he can't pass it down to all the people that are working underneath him and so that will hold up everybody and cause a huge roadblock and so it takes this is like a basically completely mental game at this point this is when you're basically drop your tools you don't ever put them on again uh, maybe if you work a saturday or if it's a slow day or something like that and you're the only one there whatever it is but at this point it is basically where you're an office person um it's a complete mental game it's not any easier, believe me. I've uh, when I was when I was starting my business, I was working doing this kind of stuff. While so I was working 40 hours a week for the contractor I worked for, and then I worked 40, 50 hours a week for myself after work. And man, I would have so much mental stress going on. You know, I'd be like puking up blood and stuff like that. And like I can't even describe the different kinds of uh, symptoms I've had for stress from this kind of stuff. And so the mental game, man, that's when shit gets hard. And uh, you get paid for it. And that, there's a reason why. Not everybody can do it. Not everybody can uh, visualize things. Not everybody can remember everything. And it comes down to a, a line of systems, basically. Whether it's making a checklist and you just, before you start any project, you have every room lined out with everything that needs to happen in that room, which is usually what I did. Um, I'm a huge lists guy. So I go through and as soon as something's done, you cross it off. And that way you never forget anything. Because if you forget something, that costs cabbage and uh, you don't like costing the company cabbage because that comes basically directly out of your pocket. And so the site superintendent, like I said, they're laying out all these things or they're usually working with a project manager who's above them. And a project manager was the one that uh, is overseeing multiple projects and they had probably 
initially laid out some stuff, but since the super site superintendent is right there, right on site, he's able to see how things are going and see if that the HVAC guys had moved something and so he can maneuver things around and things of that sort. So that's the site superintendent. And then you go to a project manager and you know sometimes a project manager and a site superintendent might be the same person depending on the size of the company and how many large projects you have. And a project manager is someone that is usually in the office, you know, they're the guys that have the nice work trucks, they drive around, they deal with the general contractor, they deal with the mechanical contractor, the other subcontractors on site. So if someone does move something, they usually call them and let them know so that they can plan for that and move and maneuver around it. And you know, electricians are always the last person to install their stuff, You're usually how it should be, because our stuff is the easiest to, put, to maneuver. And so we are always the ones that have to move our stuff around everybody else, which makes good sense, you know, because if you have a huge eight by four duct line coming through, then uh, yeah, it's gonna be easier to move a half inch conduit around that or one wire than to move that huge duct. And so project managers, generally they have a few projects going on. Uh, it could be anywhere from one if they're just starting and I've seen guys have five projects or so under their belt and I'm sure there's guys out there that have had more. And so they're out there and they're coordinating where people are going. They gotta make sure that they're not overmanned on one job and they're not too undermanned on another job. So they're the ones telling the superiors, the executives of the company, if they need to hire more people, if they need to train more people, if this person needs to move up into another position to fill a hole, if they need to move 10 guys from this job to this job, or they want this one guy over here because he has a specialty that they need, or there's like a low voltage guy in my instance, like a low voltage guy, the the company I work for, there's only one real guy, low voltage guy. So they would take him and they would send him to jobs all over because he was the specialist in that. And so those guys are coordinating the manpower for the jobs. They lay out the jobs initially to pass it on to the site supervisor. Or if, uh, there's, if the job's smaller and there's not a site supervisor necessarily, the project manager will lay out the blueprint and he'll send it to the foreman with a material list and the foreman's job is then to get material for the job and go after that and so you have the project manager then kind of off the side i don't necessarily would say that they're above project managers or below foreman but they're an estimator um and so an estimator is just a i guess like a subset of it and so an estimator's job is very important because you know you got to make sure that you win jobs and you got to make sure you bid them accurately because if you bid them too low company loses a bunch of money you don't like that nobody likes that it just makes it harder on the entire company and you want your company to survive you want your company to thrive because then the better the company does the better you can do and it opens up more roles for you to be able to move up too some people are like well i'm not getting anything off of it it takes it takes years of dedication and hard work for people to really realize it. Just because you bust ass for three months isn't gonna mean anything to anybody. Anybody can go hard for a certain length of time, for a short length of time uh, to try and move up. Or if someone came and said, hey, if you work really hard for 75 days, then I'll move you up to this position. Anybody can do that. It's not. That's not even a challenge. The challenge is, is showing up every single day, working your absolute hardest, doing the best you possibly can do, no matter what, and eventually they'll move you up. But you gotta be talking to people. In the last episode, we talked about relationships. You gotta have relationships with people. 
all right? It's, it's not a secret. It's not, uh, it's not hard, it's just something you gotta do. But you gotta have the discipline, the work ethic, because in order to move up, winners move up. It's not just like anybody gets a participation trophy. This is hard work, this is real shit, and they can only afford for winners to move up that ladder. So you gotta be a winner, and winners work hard every single day regardless of what happens. And so that's an estimator. Uh, I guess I would say they're like kind of parallel with a project manager. Um, and a lot of times project managers might even be their own estimator. They estimate the project because they're going to be running it. So every company is different, but these are just different positions necessarily that you can have in different companies. So then from this project manager and estimator position, uh, you could probably go out sideways one more time, which is actually what my mo mother is for, uh, the old electrical company that I used to work for. And she is a safety director. And so safety is a huge, huge part of the trades. OSHA, all that stuff, um, fall hazards, safety hazards, lift hazards, certifications, and all of that. My mother takes care of all that stuff. Maybe we'll bring her on the show uh, to just kind of talk about that and uh, maybe some tips and tricks of if you're a foreman or you own a company maybe just to try and be better on that because you can seriously get screwed over and i've seen a lot of people on jobs get screwed over from osha violations and not following rules and not to mention not to mention not even like the the legal legalities of it but imagine the actual danger like i've never been on a job where someone died but could you imagine that just someone going to work just trying to work hard and make a dollar and uh, trying to make a living and trying to not only make a living but do good for themselves and make build their family a new home or something like that and they die for it it's not worth it especially with all the safety precautions that we have now there is absolutely no reason for it to happen mistakes happen but that shit should never happen there's there's too many uh precautions put in place that it's just there's no reason for it and so um, there's the safety personnel and there might be other safety people below that person that goes around and checks on job sites but depending on the size of the company it might just be the one safety director and then everybody that's like foreman or project managers will call someone of the safe like the safety director to make sure they have everything they need on their jobs whether it's arc flash gear or helm hard hats or gloves or safety glasses or whatever you need for your job site so that person's in charge of providing all of that for everybody. And, you know, all these positions are important. That's why it's all built up kind of like a pyramid, you know, because it's all built off of a foundation and it all works together in a beautiful system. And that's just how it is. And in order to move up that pyramid and move up that skill, you got to be a hard worker. You got to you gotta put in the effort every single day. And so there's kind of like that three right there. You got the estimator, the project manager, and the safety personnel, safety director. And then so after this point, you move up. You basically are starting to get into the executives of the company. And depending on the size of the company, there might not be that, that whole level that I talked about. The safety director, the estimator, the project manager. If it's a smaller company, like maybe 10 employees less, that might be just the owner of the company or one employee that does all of that. And then the executives that we're gonna talk about, that might just be the owner of the company or one employee that's running the company, if it's a smaller company. But as you get bigger companies, anywhere from 30 employees plus, and I've seen companies up upwards of a thousand employees, and I'm sure there's bigger ones than that. Um, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. 
And so, you know, in this, in this part, the top part of it, it's the executives. These are the guys that have been doing it for a long time. These are the guys that have a real great business acumen. And uh, at this point, you're not even an electrician. Sure, you might have been an electrician in the past. Some of these executives might have never even been in the trades or an executive. But from my experience, most of them have because in order to fully understand it, then and you kind of have to be in the dirt and in the shit with it. And so these are vice presidents of the company. This could be the vice president of finance. And so that person's job would be somewhere along the lines of how many tools can we afford? How do we buy these tools? Do we get a loan or do we use our, our cash flow to buy this stuff? Do we buy vans or do we lease vans? What kind of vans do we get? Uh, what's going to be the most uh, affordable for what we need type thing? You know, and there's there's just different vice presidents. Every company is different. Then there's there could be marketing, uh, chief marketing officer, a chief operating officer, a chief executive officer, a president of the company. And so there's there's a whole lot to that whole point that we won't even get into right now, because honestly that's more business stuff. And uh, from all the business knowledge I've learned, I could sell that for a lot of money, um, but I'm not going to because I've got some ass to kick and some names to take first. And uh, maybe later on in life I'll teach people about business but as of right now it's trade stuff because this is the fun shit and so those are basically all the levels you got and I'm sure there's different companies that have different little subsets or different people that might help people there's some people that is like a co-estimator I've seen or a co uh, co-project manager or a junior project manager someone that's learning to be a project manager and so there's different different little subsets of all of these things but that's basically the gist of it you know and for like here in Michigan, it's a four-year apprenticeship for electrical. And then you become a journeyman if you pass your test. I've known people that have been or, uh, apprenticed for eight years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I know people that retired apprentices. Um, but as soon as I was able to, literally the day after I was able to take my test, I was already applying and taking my test. And I passed it first try. You know, And then you got two more years, you got your master, and then... Uh, you can get your contractor and then plumber it has like uh, I think plumber in Michigan here is like a three-year apprenticeship to journeyman and then two years more for uh, Master and then HVAC I think is like a two and a half year apprenticeship and then there's trades like uh, like painting and concrete and uh, things of that sort where there's not really apprenticeship and also for construction such as building like anything roofing siding uh, you can just buy a builder's packet uh, that comes with a 60-hour pre-licensure class, at least here in Michigan. You have to check with your own state and see what the regulations are. And I've taken my whole builder's uh, test and everything like that so I could have my builder's license. And uh, so that you don't need experience as an apprenticeship necessarily, um, but in order to be a contractor, you have to have that builder's license. So I figured it'd be good to have it. And... Uh, yeah, that's basically the gist of it. You know, there's different apprenticeships. Some might not even have apprenticeships, but uh, most companies act as if the apprenticeship isn't in place. Because honestly, that's good. Because uh, what happens if there's someone like me that's really working hard and at two years they're ready to run a job, but there's someone that is already a journeyman necessarily and they don't work that hard, but they don't want to run a job. Well, who's going to be the better option to run a job? And so a uh, license doesn't really mean anything necessarily. It's just, uh, it's a nice way to, I guess, protect people, especially customers from getting unlicensed people who just come in and do stuff, shady shit, hack shit you see on TV all the time. 
Uh, you never want to be that guy. Um, but yeah, so licenses, it's more for protection of people like myself or anybody that's in the trade. Um, but, you know, everybody's got their own preferences. Everybody's doing their own thing. So uh, to wrap up this video, that was basically the gist of it. Those were the different levels we have. And uh, if you want to move up them levels, we'll keep talking about it in this podcast, in this YouTube series. So be sure to share it with your friends. Tell people about it. Uh, share it on Instagram, whatever. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, my name is Luke C. Marcotte. Uh, so just Luke C. Marcotte on there. Feel free to DM me. Um, I'm always up talking about trade stuff with people. Uh, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. So if you're in Detroit, let's hook up. Uh, I love meeting new people, especially in the trades. Uh, I'm always, I've had a lot of people help me get into the trades. So if I can, if there's any way I could help you, then that'd be great too. So thanks for tuning in. Been good, been great, love it. Today's a good day, cold day. Uh, it's like 15 degrees out here in Michigan, so just got in from freezing my ass off, but gotta run back out again, and uh, I'll catch you next time.